Welcome to video game bullshit. I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I run Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com. I'm also the Subcon 3 on forums like Nintendo Age and Club. I'm a double award-winning published author um, for Hidden Treasures, a book that's on sale at Lulu.com. It's also on the right side of the page that you're probably listening to the podcast on right now. You can help support us. Instead of like every other podcast where they want you to give money to keep their podcast going, all you got to do is support us by actually buying the gaming book, and a little bit of that money will go towards the podcast. And I've also written towards a few different gaming publications, such as Nintendo Force, Pixel Nation, and Retro Gaming Times Monthly. And we've got Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, Collector of All Things, Vintage and Retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin here, a.k.a. KWK. You can see my site on kwkbox.com. And also visit my channel, KWKbox, on YouTube at any time for support. We do lots of Let's Plays and have videos of all of us in different forms. So if you want to add a voice to a face, my channel is the place to be. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Start it up! Oh yeah. <laughs> so what are we on now? Episode 16, right? Mm, yes, sir. Freaking awesome, so awesome. So, um... Yeah, we got some uh, we got some crazy shit. There's a lot of stuff in the news this week. Um, figure we should probably hit up with the news first, right? As always. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, first of all, we probably got to do the little um, what is it? The little hanging troll in the room. Uh, <laughs> that way, I could talk about a little bit of response from last week. Um, uh, not going to uh, go into a whole lot of detail about the person because I don't want to give him fuel to the, the fire, but the person that's been barraging me with shitty messages uh, since we posted the last episode, uh, the person basically, they, they know if they want a, res- a real response out of me, they're going to have to talk with me one-on-one, man-to-man, and here's the key, in person, no camera, no publicity. I don't want any effing excuse, you know what I mean? And we will talk just like two adults. Um, if you can't do that, then apparently he's just too immature, and he knows that he has no grounds for his insults. And I definitely have not reciprocated any of those insults so far. Um, I've maintained as much professionalism as possible, and there were multiple slanders comments thrown at me. Um, I'm pretty much going to count them all up, because I, I, there's a ton. Um, and at me, not just me, though, but also the members of this podcast. So, basically, um, as we've already said, no publicity is bad publicity, right, guys? Never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. So, I mean, in all honesty, um, I didn't lose any sleep over it. Did you, Kyle? I slept like a baby last night. 
I'm like, I always sleep like that rock, way. man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. So let's move on to some more important stuff. Um, how about that Nintendo World Championships clusterfuck, guys? <laughs> you hear anything about this shit, dude? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not much. No? Not like, much. I just know they got a lot of rain by me for it. Okay, so... Um, besides for the shitty weather, um, the clusterfuck that is the Nintendo World Championships that happened, it wasn't the weather so much as the event itself and how it was ran. Um, now, of course, it was only in eight different locales. That isn't the issue. The issue was is that um, a lot of guys were driving in from far distances, like hours away and things like that. So, like, some guys camped overnight, other ones, you know, went in early in the morning, waited in line in the rain. Um, so they get in there, um, it's a Nintendo DS version of the Nintendo World Championships, so they're all playing Nintendo DSs. The Nintendo reps say, alright, you're only going to play once, and that's all you get, one time. Um, now the thing is, is that, you know, the Mario, Mario 3 coin runs, that's not an issue. But with Dr. Mario, that's a random game. So you could get a random, you know, pattern thrown at you and actually have a really bad game. And then the next time, have a really great game. Um, so basically even the best Dr. Mario player could have a bad game in a world championship setting like this. Um, so anyways, like a lot of um, the people that I was following on Facebook that were attending the, the uh, competition were, you know pretty pissed off because they scored a lot less than they expected um one guy that i um that i'm buddies with his name is vince uh, clemente he's actually uncle tusk on nintendo age he does a bunch of reproduction boxes and labels and things for people for like home brewers and stuff um he's really good he's actually either two or three in the entire world on the nintendo world championships on the online one um he had like seven million or eight million or something like that some ridiculous amount um, so he went there, and he scored $5 million, um, out in California. Uh, he was near the beginning. They told him he couldn't fucking play anymore. So he ended up going home, um, and he was, he like camped out or was there really early, so he, went to, he fell asleep. Now, here's where the clusterfuck happens. Apparently, halfway through the day, Nintendo makes the call, as they didn't have as much participation as they expected, to allow multiple tries. So some of the people that hung around or played later got to keep playing over and over and over again till they beat all the till they beat records. So somebody ended up beating Vince's record last minute and wow. got like 5.5 million. Now if Vince was able to go a second or third time, he could have gotten 6, 7 million. You know what I mean? Like with with the opportunities that they were given to do multiple restarts, um so there was a pretty big clusterfuck there. Um, there was a whole uh, Pat Patrick Scott Patterson. Um, he posts on Sci-Fi, and basically his experience was he did like the same thing as Vince, except for he heard about the restarts and drove back out there. Like an, I don't know if he was like an hour away. He drove back, and him and another guy were going back and forth, head to head, keep setting the records over and over and over again. So it was pretty crazy. And he ended up, I think he ended up getting beat, but he was able to set the best record he possibly could that day, so he felt accomplished. Now, my buddy Vince, he feels, you know, like cheated, basically, because other people got a second chance and he didn't. 
And that's pretty crazy because, um, you know, Vince actually, you know, played certain um, tournaments and things with Thor Ackerlin, who won the Nintendo World Championships back in the day. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where if, you know, Nintendo doesn't at least address this somehow, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a joke now to this point. Um, Alright, so... Another thing that's in the news, because there's a ton of shit that's been in the fucking news. A lot of important stuff. Um, there's a new Fallout game coming out, Fallout 4. Oh, that's right. I did hear about that, but I forgot. The Fallout game looks fucking cool as shit. Like, it's, you know, the classic post-apocalyptic freaking um, RPG-style game. Um, and I hope that they add a little more um, online to it. Like, you know, because GTA 5 has kind of set the standard. Um... I haven't read any articles on it or anything. I think it was just a teaser trailer that I saw. Um, did you read anything about it, Kevin, or did you just hear I about just it? saw a quick trailer of it, and it, it looked pretty That's cool. That's what I saw. That, yeah, I just saw the trailer. No reading on my end. I could barely squeeze in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people were saying stuff like the graphics just don't look next-gen or something, but I thought they looked fine. Yeah, it's not that they'd look bad or anything, it's just, you know what's really happening with these consoles is it's like, how much better can it really look? I mean, I'm sorry, when you compare yeah. a game that was made for 360 and Xbox One, there's differences, but they're not the differences that we're used yeah. to. Remember when you went from 8-bit to 16-bit? I mean, that's a distinct difference, and you yeah. just don't mm-hmm. get that anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just... The differences are subtle. There's probably going to be a lot on screen. There'll probably be a lot of depth to it. Um, I can't wait, honestly, because I enjoyed Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Um, and I definitely didn't play them as much as I should have. So, I mean, this might be a great one, especially if my if there's an online portion my wife takes to it. That'd be awesome. Um, th- that's the key. My wife has to take to it. Um, <laughs> so, this the Fallout game was announced... Last week, we talked about, you know, the new Doom game was announced. All this is leading up to E3 that's coming out. You know, the the mecca, the biggest, you know, the, the biggest gaming convention of the year for current gen. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the big thing that everybody's talking about right now is that Xbox is pretty much in the shitter. It's in the hole. Like... They are in recovery mode. Like, they basically, if they don't have a strong Christmas lineup this year, like, they're going to be in some, you know, deep crap for, you know, the console market for Xbox. I'm sure they'll just pull a Halo out and then they'll be fine. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure they already are. They've already announced one, but, I mean, they're going to have to do more than that. I don't know. It always seems like Halo carried Microsoft's consoles, in my opinion, but I never kept too close to it. The thing is, though, is that can they really just rely on one first-person shooter anymore? That's because, I mean, you know, that was two generations ago. They milked that last generation, and it worked a little bit, but people started to fall off. Um, and now everybody's adopted the PS4 this this generation. Um, I mean, I had the Xbox One, and, like, we ended up on a whim getting the PS4 because I got it from, like, a buddy real cheap, and all we played is PS4. Hmm. And, I mean, I have the Xbox One with a lot of great games, and I just always end up playing PS4. It's it's one of those things where it's, like, everybody's kind of taken to it, and I think it was just, like, a perfect storm 
that that everybody flocked to Sony. But I don't know. I mean, Microsoft basically is in recovery mode right now, and they need to pull some stuff out. And I'm pretty sure they're gonna have some spectacular stuff. I I assume they will. You know what I mean? No. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure Nintendo's gonna announce you know something with the new Zelda. They almost have to at this point. Um. And they've been um. There was like a whole rumor this week that Nintendo um the console was going to run on Android. Like the new NX console. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, gonna they... be like an Android console and then they mm-hmm. squashed that. Mm. Right? Okay. Um and Nintendo actually acknowledged these rumors though, which is like a, almost like a first for the company like acknowledging like the 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 smaller rumors cuz all they did was announce that they were looking into the NX. Um, you know, and the next generation, but now they're actually starting to react. So, so they might be announcing something like that at E3 too. That would be pretty, pretty cool. Um, but the irony is, is that you know, Nintendo is kind of, um, you know, been second fiddle, third fiddle this this console generation. And I mean, wh- why do you guys think that Nintendo's been? You know, like that this generation. I uh, probably really hurt them that they didn't keep up with the graphics as much. I really thought they were going to catch up more from the Wii to the Wii U, but yeah. it's. I mean, um, from what I understand, and I remember reading way back in the day when the Wii U came out, it's like the Wii U does like you know, PS3, Xbox 360 graphics. It doesn't really keep up with you know the current gen, so to speak. A lot of people argue and. I can kind of see where mm-hmm. that's coming from, but um, another part of it is, I mean, that I think's kind of funny is look at a lot of popular games that are like, you know, like Shovel Knight and retro based. Do you really need the next gen system if you're into those kind of modern games that are retro? So you can almost get yeah. away with a Wii. So it's kind of a niche market for them still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird too because. All the gamers that I talk to, um, it's like they have, like, the Wii U is almost like everybody's secondary system that I talk to. Oh, so yeah. it's like, hey, yeah, I got a PS4 and a Wii U, and I play the Wii U, you know, on the side, and for, for the franchises. And that's kind of like how I've been using it, too. It's like, all right, my daughter's watching cartoons right now, uh, let me play some Shovel Knight mm-hmm. while she's watching some cartoons, like... Because, I mean, she watches the same episodes over and over again. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to play some, some Shovel Knight. Um, that's also, you know, how I've used another console that apparently is um, dead. <laughs> and that's the PlayStation Vita. Mm, uh, I see. Sony actually publicly called that a legacy platform. <laughs> wow. Rest in pieces. Yeah, and it's like, the the irony is, though, is that I thoroughly like the PS Vita. Um, And it's not because they're releasing PS Vita games, because they aren't. They're not releasing any type of titles for that system. Um, The ones that they are, um, they aren't like blockbusters. And honestly, I don't know if I have bought any physical titles for the Vita yet. Um... I think just one, and that was Retro City Rampage, which was kind of like a, um, it was released by Fan Gamer, so it wasn't even like a store release. 
Hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that how I use the Vita is because I have the PS4 and we have PlayStation Plus, the network, we get all these free games every, um, every month. And a lot of them are cross-platform is what they call them. So it's a retro game like a Shovel Knight. Um, but yeah, we didn't get Shovel Knight for this, but it's like a Shovel Knight. And you can also play it on the Vita. So that's been what's pretty awesome about it. So there's this game I was playing, um, Rogue, I think it was Rogue Gallery or Rogue something. And I was, you know, it's, it's where you play through in like a Castlevania style game. And when you die, uh, you go back to the very beginning. The castle is randomly generated and you slowly level up and you slowly get more characters, slowly get more weaponry and power ups. And every time you start back up, though, you start as the next error, H-E-I-R, error, um, in the line of knights. So it's like everyone's like a generation, generation by generation. Um, it's pretty awesome, but the thing is, though, is I play on the PS4, well, London, again, is watching cartoons, I could play, pick up the Vita, the cross-save works, and it's great. Same type of thing. So as far as that question, yeah, like with why is Nintendo falling a little bit? Um, I guess, I guess, or why is it like a secondary system? Well, I was just thinking, and I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I, that kind of uh, leads me to the next thing where I want you guys to chime in too. Where I guess if I had to pick any game, it would be GTA Five. If I wanted, that would be my first like impulse. That would be my first buy. And that's only on next gen, which is not the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I would get the most bang for that, because you can do the online thing, you can do the missions, like solo, um, and there's so many things, and it's just... And then there's a first-person aspect to it, a uh, first-person shooter aspect to it. And you have which, the nostalgia for mind. Grand Theft Auto. And I just love, like, rampaging and doing any like anything you want. That ult- The ultimate freedom, I mean, that you can be a cop and defend the city if you want you can do anything you want you can put out fires you know that's what's cool about it but if for you guys what would be your impulse buy would it be like a zelda or would it because zelda might be my second or third actually if i had like you know if i could have it poof right now in front of me magically appear like what would be your impulse buys you know what i mean because i'm trying to figure out maybe that could figure out why nintendo's kind of i don't know on my side, like, I can speak for, like, what I've bought new because I'm generally a used buyer. Like, I'll buy games when they're used. Um, and the games that I've went out and bought, like, immediately, I had to have them. Um, those ones were, like, the Mario games. Um, if a Zelda comes out, I buy that immediately. Um, that's just purely nostalgia. And I think that's why Nintendo's still alive, is because they played our nostalgia, and that's perfect, because I love it. It's great. Um, they need to keep doing it. Um, but on next-gen, I mean, Grand Theft Auto was it, man. Like, And the irony was is that I had a PS3, and I didn't buy it for PS3 when it came out. I waited till the next-gen. And I think because I already heard that it was coming to the next-gen, I was like, oh, I'll wait until the better version comes out. Um... And it's one of those things where I think we've mentioned it before in the podcast, but with new generation games, 
there's always a quote-unquote Game of the Year Ultimate Edition that comes out. Where it has all the downloadable content, everything on the disc. You know what I mean? Okay. I, so, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so like, for example, um, Fallout 3. Um, if you go to GameStop or any game store right now and you go look at Fallout 3, you're going to see a couple versions. It'll be like, you know, the, besides for the systems. You're going to see Fallout 3. You might see like the limited edition that came out right when it came out, which it might have like a statue with it or something. But you're also going to see the Game of the Year edition. Now, the difference is, is that Fallout 3, once the network is gone, that Fallout 3 is just Fallout 3. The Game of the Year edition will have all the downloadable content on the disc with it that you can't get because the network will be down. So basically, it'll be the complete version. So there's issues there where when you're collecting physical media that you're going to want eventually the, the complete edition. Um, they did the same sure. thing with Mortal Kombat 9. They came out with the complete edition with a K, of course. Um, and it had the four downloadable characters on the disc. And it was okay. released later. And it's the same shit. Um, and, the, and speaking of Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat X was an impulse buy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a must buy. Yeah, and I, I guess the, the funny thing is it works out in their favor because they can just double dip at will. And yes, it, and and they just make more money off the same thing. Now, Kevin, what what would be your go to? Would it be like an, a Mario game, or would it be like a? I've, I'm just gonna kind of blanket mine and cop out. Mine would be similar to Jeff, but the more I think about it, mine is best put if it's just a nostalgic impulse. So if it's anything as far as like Mario, Zelda, or go even in the PC world, even if they released the Duke Nukem, even though Duke Nukem Forever was not that good, I'd still just buy it on impulse because I had such positive memories of Duke Nukem in hopes of finding at least something I could like if they came out with another one. So anything with a nostalgia relationship to it, I'd say is a safe impulse buy on my end. Okay, yeah, because like Mortal Kombat X2 would probably be maybe my second buy, so I would totally have to get like PS4 Probably. <laughs> yeah. And and the and the thing is is that like all might have been nostalgic because I mean what did we play on the PS two? I've got Grand Theft Auto three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, that's nostalgia. Mortal Kombat that's definitely nostalgia. So yeah. it's like, yeah, there's it's it's all based on, you know, franchises we're familiar with and it just so happens that with the newest, most, you know, current gen graphics it, the PS4 or the Xbox One has those on it, so that might be why. Um, like that's a different level of nostalgia than our childhood nostalgia. Nintendo's still kicking it. Yeah, and as you know far as I mean? yeah, and as far as the Wii U, do you have to use that huge ass controller? Oh heck no! Some I got games, a pro yes. controller. Some games. So so you can basically put that thing in the closet and never worry about it ever again. Well, I wouldn't say no. that. You, no. you have to that's, use it that, in certain situations. That's a huge problem. That to <laughs> me. That to me, I can't just pick up a nice P- uh, PlayStation controller in my hand. All the people there yep. at the house playing too, they can all just have a little controller, and th- that's this other weird thing to yep. the Wii U. That's like it's so big, and it's like you can't just pick up a little controller and rock it out. You I didn't try like, it, but I want to say if you connect the Pro Controller, you should be able to get through the menus. It's just not as easy nope. with that big pad in your lap. I don't know. I haven't tried it though. So I think that that may also no, be another can. like like the albatross that kind of like 
Because I remember yeah, no, like, no, Kevin, you're wrong. You, you can't um, do that. You can't manipulate the Wii U's menus without the Wii U gamepad because the games show up on the gamepad. Well, you no, it, 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 um, when you, you have a, a regular Wii pointer controller, it gives you a, a option in the bottom right-hand corner. No, you click it, and then you can use the pointer on it. I've done it, so I'm not dreaming. Yeah, it's it doesn't work right though. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of games that don't support the um, the Wii U Pro controller. Uh, you have to use the gamepad controller. I mean, uh, a few that I have, Zombie U. Um, you have to use the the Pro controller. Uh, Lego City Undercover, which is their Grand Theft Auto, but it's in Lego. Yeah. Um, it's very it's very close to being playable. It's just the long load screens suck ass. Oh uh, yeah, that's um, right. But but that yeah. one, you have to use the gamepad. Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't I guess saying like, games. I was just talking menu when I was talking. I wasn't saying games. No, you're right. It's like the Wii, when you flip the back of it, it tells you what controllers it works with. So people are already used to that hassle. And it's the same hassle that's always been since the Wii. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like too gimmicky for me. Like it was, it was yeah, pushing the like the gimmick, the gimmick limits with Wii when you put it like in the steering wheel. But that was still cool. It's it's not like I have to look at this like control panel. No, I like, did hear. I have to, like consult this other screen. That's it's like, geez, it's just too much. It's not as burdensome to like put the controller in the thing. It's still gimmicky, but it's not gimmicky to the point where it's like too much for me. That's kind of where I. am. Mm-hmm. Whether oh, okay. it be the the bowling ball or the the gun, you know, I think we yeah. has it right with that. Um, but it's almost a little too much, you know, almost. So that's another thing I think. All like those little things that help drag it down. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm totally wrong, but that's just well, no, my, like that's actually, just my stance on it. I don't know. It's it's pretty funny because like you're not the only one who's thinking that. Because somebody I I read it somewhere that um. They were saying that Nintendo needs to focus on going into mainstream and quit focusing on gimmicks. And they said that on a, on a, um, article that I read. And it's just pretty funny though, because I think that they're going to now still focus on a different gimmick. Like some kind of weird, like maybe it might be the phone connectivity. That might be two different consoles. Nobody really knows for sure yet. The Amiibos are also another gimmick. So. No, absolutely. Definitely. No, They're gonna... just very like that's... gimmick-driven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's making Nintendo a lot of money, too. That ain't going away. Absolutely. Yeah. That ain't going away at all. <laughs> yeah, but and that's another like um, brick in the wall, I guess. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That, that shows all their little gimmicky ways. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know I'm going to keep floating down the Amiibo path, because me and my daughter have you know that little bond now, because... That's we sit down and play Amiibos like a few times a week, so it's like, oh, I'm not going away from it. I'm not going to wait in line at the stores and do that crazy Amiibo shit anymore. Because I did that a few times, and it was like that last one where I was at GameStop and the servers were crashing. I was like, alright, that's a little bit much. <laughs> but I'll oh, still... I I'll still one, yeah. yeah, and I was like, I'll still, you know, <laughs> get new Amiibos, but I'm not going to... um do any of that craziness anymore. I'm just, yeah. Sneaking yeah, in the my, order like, on the side. Like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's great. Um, I did get I did get all those in the mail this week and it's pretty cool. And me and me and London opened up um you know the Ness one, so everybody probably if I posted online they would all cringed because Ness is apparently rare. The Ness from Earthbound. <laughs> I opened mm-hmm. them up. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we opened up a, a bunch of the Amiibos and we were playing with them. My daughter was excited. 
Um, and the thing is, look on her face when she plays with them. It's like, yep, I'm gonna have to keep getting more, <laughs> getting that video game bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I haven't Perfect. opened them, but I got the um the Splatoon ones the other day, and apparently, um, and that might be a good segue. Um, is apparently Splatoon does amiibos right? Apparently, there's like actual special missions based on the amiibos that level up your characters and they do a bunch of like cool aspects to uh, Splatoon. Um, you know anything about Splatoon, Kyle? No, I know. I was going to ask you. Um, yeah. Uh, so other games don't do don't, don't do oh, the amiibos, like, right? You mean? Uh, not really. I, I guess mean, we'll start with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so like Smash Brothers, if you swipe an amiibo... Okay. You can raise the amiibo. Like, you watch him fight for, like, as a, like, almost like an avatar or something. Like, it'll fight for you. You can train it moves and all that stuff. Like a Pokemon so uh, yeah, Tamag- it's, it's, Tamagotchi or something, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's super hollow. It's just like that. Um, it's not even as interactive as that. Like, at least with Pokemon, you control them and what actions they do. These do what they want, and you can kind of get them to do what you, you know, moves. It's even less than that. Um, and then there was Mario Kart. Um, you swipe them and you get new um, like costumes for your, your Miis in Mario Kart, if you have Amiibos. Um, the Toad Amiibo in Captain Toad, ev- uh, when you swipe him, it, it brings like a little toad in the level and you got to find him, like hunt him down. And that's a puzzle game anyways. So that was pretty cool. However, every time you go to a new level, you have to swipe him. So that's annoying as shit. Hmm. Um, same, and speaking of annoying as shit, Mario Kart, the new, or not Mario Kart, Mario Party, the new Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if Kevin's played the Amiibo Party yet, but every turn you have to swipe it, like multiple times. I heard that, so I never bothered trying. Yeah, it's, it's just like, and eh, no, I don't like to. It's just too much with that. Um, probably also has to do with that all my Amiibos are like in my downstairs and my Wii U's on the main floor. So I don't really want to grab a handful of Amiibos and take them upstairs. Yeah, you got to keep swiping. If I want to play with figurines, I'll play a damn board game. It's kind of annoying if you got to keep doing that. Yeah, um, I, I don't really like the whole yeah, yeah gimmick like that. Well, it's funny that they can't pro- program a simple parameter to say um, just keep the knowledge that you've swiped it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, or like with the Captain Toad, I have the Toad, so you should as soon as I swipe it, it should unlock it for all the levels. Not yeah, have to swipe no, it on yeah. every level. Yeah. That's dumb. It's just that's just bad programming like you're saying. Like it's no. just Um what was the other one? Hyrule Warriors had amiibo co- um, connectivity and basically you swipe it at the main screen that gives you items. That's, again, that's, like, little simplistic stuff. Like, it's like putting in a code or something. You know what I mean? It's not anything special. Apparently, the Splatoon one does it right. Um, Now, I'm not sure how frequently you have to swipe it or what you have to do with it, because I haven't uh, tried it out yet, but it's supposed to be the best use of them Mm -hmm. to date. Um, But, yeah, I mean, so they haven't really done the Amiibos right. Um, It also probably hasn't helped that a lot of the Amiibos have been, quote, unquote, rare even though they're not rare they're just you know in demand uh so they haven't been on the shelves but um because you know they you haven't been able to get a lot of them um i think there's been a whole lot of 
backlash on that aspect too. But I haven't had an issue getting any of them yet. Um, but yeah, so it's like the Amiibos are kind of underutilized, um, and I'll still get them because again, the nostalgia too on top of it. So I have you know Link, Mario, Samus, Mega Man. Now, now how does how does this game do it right? I don't know yet because I haven't played it. Um, but apparently, um, it actually has its own missions that you do with the amiibos that unlock unique either weapons or abilities or something that's unique to the when you use the amiibos. Like it's its own like mode type thing, but it's done right and it's integrated within the game. So. Um, if you don't know what Splatoon is, um, I actually got Splatoon last Friday, um, and it's been fun as shit. It's a, it's Nintendo's answer to Fallout. That's, no, not really. Um, it's, um, it is a third-person shooter, um, except for in Nintendo fashion. It's kid-friendly, and you use paint. Um, now, the goal isn't to go and kill everyone. The goal is to paint the levels when you're playing multiplayer. So, whoever covers the most area after a certain time limit, that team wins. And it's, it's like four-on-four four battles is what I've been playing online. Um, they have You can level up in it, just like normal online things, and then as you level up and get points, you can use those points or currency, however they mention it, to get more weapons, get more um, different types of equipment, and make your character stronger. So if you don't play online that much, everybody else is going to have better equipment than you. It's going to make it tougher. Um, some of the different weapons are pretty cool. Like they have like the little one that looks like a super so super soaker, like back in the day. Um, they got a big paint roller that rolls paint. Um, apparently, they just announced that they're going to have an NES zapper in it. <laughs> nice. So they're just trying to they're trying to tag on the t nostalgia strings. Now that's the multiplayer. They have um, single screen co-op. I think it's just two player though, but single screen co-op. Um, me and Andrea played it two player, but I'm not sure if they have four. I, I think it's just two. And then they have a single player mode. Single player mode, you go through um, doing mission based things, just like you wouldn't like Doom, for example. Um, it's third person still though, and it is really really easy to the point where you're like in the first at least two worlds you're barely fighting any enemies at once like maybe one or two it's i mean especially since we've been playing brutal doom with thousands of monsters like it's really easy comparatively um is there a difficulty is there a difficulty level where you can choose no well that's a, already a fuck up <laughs> and the thing is that takes a lot of work that takes a lot of work cause you you have to map up each level with a different set so I, I assume, though, as you play through the levels, that it's going to get harder, because I haven't beaten the game yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've, I've only played through the first two worlds. There's probably eight worlds or something, so I'm just thinking Nintendo. They always do everything with eight worlds. Um, but I'm assuming by the by the eighth world, it's got to be hard. Yeah, that's, it's just cool, because back in the old day, maybe the first level, and then after that, it's, it's you're on your own. It, yeah. that, it's just so cool because it's skill based back in the day and that's what, what makes those games great man it's just pure skill yeah. it, it has nothing to do with you know how beautiful it is and maybe it is beautiful that's just a perk the fact is yeah. it's fun 
and you love to play it, and you totally lose yourself, and that's what makes, like, to me, a fantastically awesome game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Spl- Splatoon is definitely fun as shit, though. Um, it looks cool. Um, but, like, it really is. It's it's a really fun game. It's a brand new Nintendo franchise. So, I mean... Okay. I think that with a few tweaks, it could be a really solid series. Um, now, I've only played it, you know, a couple days. Like, I haven't played it every day this week because we've been playing Doom. But, um, like, I will come up with, like, you know, a couple recommendations in a later podcast. Because, like, the, I, I think, like, a couple little things would make it awesome. Um, I'm not sure yet what it is. And, I mean, these might be tweaks that they can make as with a patch update or something, you know? Not even, like, with the next mm-hmm. game. So one of the beauties of this generation is that they constantly release patches. And it's also a deficit, because anytime you want to play... Like, say, Kevin hasn't fired up his Xbox One in a month. He puts it on. Guess what he's going to be doing? Waiting. Yep. <laughs> For a long time. <laughs> That's fun. Classic, yeah, those, yeah, patches, too, because people figure out stuff that, you know, wasn't noticed. Like, um, yep. I guess in Quake... They had finished the game, and uh, you can do like a rocket, like a rocket launcher jump. So if you uh-huh. shoot the ground, you can like propel yourself into the air, and pe- and they didn't think about that when they released it. So they were like, "Oh shit!" Like we have to go through all the levels, and you know, make sure that you can't like do something you're not supposed to do. You know, and that's that's uh-huh. kind of the whole. Thing. like someone figures it out and then they're like fuck because people yeah. get so creative and you know oh yeah and then they they have to like take that and fix it and kind of you know revamp it or yeah. just le- or just leave it which is what quake the quake team was just like just just leave it because no one's really it doesn't really ruin anything and no one's really gonna figure that out and unless you're like super pro you know that was also a different um a different era too. Like nowadays, they probably would have fixed it like every week because they're they're way more savvy with that shit with online. Like I think the gamers expect a different style nowadays than they did back in the day. I don't know, like because like I see tons and tons of like little tweaks. Like even with Mortal Kombat, it's like all right, we we change the strength of this one attack. It's like really like they're constantly balancing stuff it's like they're not done is what it is they like yeah and that they like rushed it to market and then they're constantly it's funny yeah they it like wasn't yeah well and and mortal kombat x i think was but like there's been some games some cases where people have been extremely pissed off because it feels like they released an unfinished game and then they're just like releasing the patches just to make it playable Freaking crazy stuff, man. Um, let's see. There's a few other things. They announced a new Mega Man cartoon this week. Hmm. <laughs> like an actual cartoon for Mega Man. Like um, Japan I'm not sure on the details. Online? America. 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 Yeah, it was like <laughs> licensed. There's like 25 or 45 episodes or something that have been announced. So that's pretty cool. Um, some company I've never heard of. Um, but, I mean, I like Mega Man. Um, the old cartoon was pretty, um, hilariously bad. So, hopefully, this one is a lot better. A <laughs> couple of little indie 
tidbits. Collector Vision announced um, Sydney Hunter is getting, um, and Sydney Hunter was their Super Nintendo Nintendo game that was just funded. It's a legacy platformer, kind of looks like Rick Dangerous, like a Pitfall style game. Sydney Hunter is getting a different game on the Wii U this time, so they're putting out a game for the Wii U. Another Sydney Hunter, not the same as the Nintendo or Super Nintendo one, it's like a you know, a different game for the series. Like, kind of like Indiana Jones had different episodes. Like, Sydney Hunter's going to have different episodes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure if they're taking it to Kickstarter or what they're doing with it right now. But um, I look forward to it because I like that style of game. I like a little platformer um, adventure game. Looks really fucking cool. And the other one was, apparently, <clears throat> there's going to be a limited edition for Mighty Number no. 9, which is the... Um, you know, the sequel to Mega Man games um, that was made, you know, four-point-something million dollars on Kickstarter. Um, it's going to be cross-platform on Sony. We mentioned, you know, how the Vita and PS4 are communicating cross-platform. Apparently, that's the only system where they're going to be cross-platform. So anybody who backed it and they're getting the PlayStation 1, actually are getting two games for one. So, it's pretty cool. Um, there's going to be a big statue with the limited edition that they're releasing. Now, the one thing I wasn't sure of is if the limited edition is going to be cross-platform or the normal edition is going to be cross-platform. Not sure. Either way, sounds um, pretty freaking awesome. Um, and then the last piece of news that I saw, Bruce Campbell has a DLC for the new Call of Duty. Like a downloadable content for the new Call of Duty game. He plays Bruce Campbell with one-liners and everything. Well, shop smart, shop as smart. I'd definitely buy it if, if I had the game. They get yep. my money. Yeah. And the irony was, is like, my wife even was like, hey, we need to get that. And then we look into it and it's like, all right, so the game, which is, you know, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, um, or Warfighter, I think it's Warfare, Advanced Warfare, because Warfighter was on the Xbox 360. But, um, yeah, it's a new Call of Duty, and it, the DLC is like 15 bucks on top of the $60. <laughs> wow. And it's not the only DLC. There's already other DLC, and, and this is like a really thorough, big DLC, though, so it's like, you, you probably get your money's worth out of it, but on the other side, it's $75, so I know I'll be waiting uh, until it comes out later with the Complete Edition, like we were saying before, but come out with the Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Complete Edition eventually, and, or Game of the Year Edition or something, and I'll get that one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bruce has never been a cheap ticket, um... I think no. for his for his autograph, he currently charges between fifty to hundred bucks. Jeez. Like I'm not fucking kidding. Wow. Yeah, that's like a McFoley story. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, are you fucking serious? Usually, it's like ten to, and twenty is a lot, or maybe even free. They'll just be like, just give me all the stuff you own, man. Let's just talk shit. You know, it's just bullshit. But some people are like set up shop, and you know. Have their little trophy wives, you know, make get all the pictures and stuff prepared, and they're nickel and diamond people. Wow! But yeah, he's he's hardcore, and I, I think he's the most I've ever heard as far as wow. like a horror, like be you know, like underground type guy. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't expect that. So yeah, he's he's, he's never been cheap. That's for sure. Maybe that's the only <laughs> way he yeah. can survive now. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is because he, he got fat and like he doesn't he's just like an old man now <laughs> it's always terrible when he you get is, fat and old <laughs> yeah it's never a good thing for anybody he is getting he is getting older and i think though he's he always says like the best shape that he gets into is for his evil dad and army of darkness time and the rumor was is that he was doing it like filming another army of darkness soon i don't know if that happened or is still gonna happen i haven't really been following it i mean the last time i saw him like his 
infamous jawlines like been covered by fat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah. it's just like doesn't even look like the same person. Too many lonely nights with really? little Caesars add up. <laughs> Lonely yeah. nights with little Caesars, bacon pizza. Yep. Yeah. You got you got that on good authority, Kevin. That he's he's at little Caesars. Oh, a, <laughs> I think it's a safe bet. Yeah, it's a lot of breading and a lot of cheese. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah, the one thing that I've noticed though is that he is definitely getting gray now because he's he's you know getting older. So yeah, like his his beard's definitely like. He's like a silver fox now. Yeah, really. Doesn't he yeah. know he can just buy Just for Men and comb that stuff out? Yeah, Scott Hall style. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's been dying his shit forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at pictures of him right now online on my iPhone. And yeah, you'll see. Yeah, he's he's um definitely he's gray. And he he does like the uh, the silver sides, so it's pretty classic. Um, clean shaven. I mean, when most people get like get into a role, they they like change you know they go on a diet or whatever but like rocky um yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone told me that like the it might have been in rambo um first blood part two it's like a bodysuit or something <laughs> i was like really that's yeah i was like no way that can't be <laughs> that's one impressive bodysuit <laughs> yeah i was like i don't know man but uh <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing like do they take steroids you know probably well, it's for oh, entertainment, yeah. right? Steroids are okay for entertainment, just not for real sports. <laughs> well, I remember like Ric Flair saying, like, if if I couldn't make it being like the heel that I am, yeah. then I would totally I would take steroids in a second because you <laughs> I, I need my I need my meal ticket. So that's like the whole funny thing about it. Yeah. Oh, that was like a a Flair quote from back in the day, though, right? Because. Once he got older, he kind of had to just to keep up with the young guys when he was in like evolution era. It was on a like a steroid documentary I was watching or something, and he was yeah. just saying like I don't blame him. I never took him, but I don't blame him, kind of thing. Um, but that goes back <laughs> to the Bruce Campbell. Yeah. yeah, but that goes that goes back to the Bruce Campbell thing where it's like maybe he was just such a niche actor too. I mean, oh, sometimes yeah. you sometimes you just typecast yourself and you like paint yourself into a corner. Adam West the thing is, it. though, is that he um, was, <laughs> Bruce Campbell was in Batman. a lot of uh, TV shows. Like, he was in Burn Notice for, like, years. So, I mean, he he definitely um, was successful throughout his acting career. It's just, you know, as for, like, a starring role in a blockbuster movie, Bruce Campbell never really got that aside from his awesome, you know, roles in Evil Dead and Army and of he, Darkness. And he still didn't get paid a lot for those. So no, I mean, that, just those were really movie, underground like, at the time. Um, Army Darkness was the biggest one. He was in one of the Spider-Man movies. For like a second. <laughs> he, I think he was like the announcer for Bonesaw, right? Yeah, was, when Bo- yeah no, he was a side when, character. I thought he, he was, was in like the, one in front in, of the, was that the show or something? Like a bouncer. Yeah, with, yeah you're thinking, yeah, of, two different, you're thinking with, of two different movies. With the oh, Macho yeah. Man? Yeah. You guys are both thinking of two different movies. Yeah, because Kyle's thinking of the first one when he was the announcer for Bonesaw. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the second one where he was the snooty um, guy in front of the the concert. And that was yeah, either right. two or three. I can't even remember if it was two or three anymore. I, I think it was like probably, two. He probably got maybe. paid like five grand for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they had to give him free lunch. Come on, Kyle. Yeah, Take I mean. On there. Like, and we'll feed you. Definitely not a lot, though. But yeah, you're that, getting he, picked he, up he, in a cab. He was, he was, yeah, he was probably like, cool, I'll, I'll be in Spider-Man. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. They're like, they want my fat old ass on the screen, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
hey, Kyle, do, do, don't you remember though? Raimi directed it. Yeah, so he was their buddy. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like an Adam um, Sandler movie. All my friends need money. I better make a movie. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think Raimi was rich until it's like Spider Man. It's kind of like um, who directed the Lord of the Rings? Because he also directed like Dead Alive. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter, yeah, because so he was just like kind of doing B B films. Um, bad taste, uh-huh. and then and then boom! Now he's like forever rich. Oh, um, Bruce Bruce Campbell did have um after Bubba Hotep, he had My Name Is Bruce. Remember that one? My Name Is Bruce, where he's like he plays himself as an asshole, like he is in like real life, like that he has that he like addressed like him being an a hole and charging too much for um autographs, and then he fights like some undead like shogun in it. <laughs> Wasn't he in a Herbie movie? Herbie? I don't know what you. I don't know what I, you watch, Kevin. On the side, I remember he was. He was definitely in a Herbie movie, though. Who's Who's Herbie? Bruce, you know Herbie. who Herbie is? It's the Love no. Bug. We're gonna have the. Oh, all right, Kyle. The instead, of the, instead of the Doom Corner, yeah. instead of the that Doom Corner, we're having the Herbie Corner. No, they made a remake the of it in like the nineties, oh. and he was the main character. That was a TV show. I was like. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was that's, a TV that's what I movie. Thought you were talking about? Yeah, but if you but, look him up, uh, yeah, 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 he's like a little Volkswagen, little, like Bumblebee from Transformers or something. Exactly. I was, like, and you know, it wasn't yellow though. He was white with stripes or something. He was in the Man with the Screaming Brain. That's a classic one. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that, that was in. That was hilarious because they try to make it feel like an old movie. He did. He did a lot of voiceovers too. Like for cartoons, like he was in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, with in Cars too, and a bunch of like Disney movies and other types. So, I mean, I guarantee you he's and he was in Machete Kills, like bunch of little like payoff movies for him, which is good. He needs to, man. He's freaking. I like him. He was. Oh yeah, he's great. I, I still need to watch that Machete Kills. I forgot all about that. Yes. Oh yes, I got them both on Blu-ray. They're hilarious. This like classic him. shock jock style. I love them. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like that grindhouse feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that 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 covers um all the little news things. There's a freaking ton in there, man, and we we covered them all. Some of them kind of quickly. Um, probably take a nice little break. Probably a good time. Then we can go off on a on a crazy tangent. Is it time for the Doom Corner? The Doom Chronicles. <laughs> That's right. Let's keep on moving. So, oh, yeah. tomorrow is Brutal Doom version 20. It's released. Nice. Oh, yes. Exciting. At long last. 
It's been a while, what, since 2013's from 19, so it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's like two years, and like, it was yeah. three years to get to 19. Yeah. <laughs> like, one more version took two years. That's awesome. And it's so crazy that they can keep improving it and making it better, in my opinion. When I first started playing it, I'm like, man, how could this get better? And they still find a way. Yeah, they Kevin, do. Kevin, what, what, what are the differences you noticed between 19 and the 20 beta that we've been playing? Um, what I noticed between 19 and 20 beta is that I believe it defaultly has a much better HUD than, because on the 19, I had to get a separate file for a HUD that shows, and a HUD is, you know, the guy's head and your ammo and your health and all that. Um, mm -hmm. I used, when I played 19, a separate one that I found. It looks like that that one was so popular they incorporated it in there because I'm not using that same pack, so it's already built into the 20, so... The HUD is really nice, and the the gore is just uh, cranked way up even higher than 19 I've ever seen. I mean, the goriest yeah, yeah, thing yeah. I saw in 19 is, like, subtle at best compared to what 20 puts out averagely with the gore level. So the gore factor is quite awesome. I, I don't think people will be disappointed. I did notice that there's some other things, because I was watching... Um, Actually, a sub to his channel, uh, Sergeant Mark, who creates it. Yeah, and yeah. He was showing cool clips I was watching of uh, th options in the game that he's going to make available to people to turn on and off. And one that I thought was really cool is it's a physics uh, gun option for uh -huh. bullets. So, say for an example, you can just go up to a, a solid door or a, or a wall. If there's monsters behind it and you have a strong enough, uh, like the minigun, you can actually just shoot at the door and if it's projecting through and there's monsters behind there you can kill the, the monsters without yep you can just kill them through the door which uh which is kind of cool and interesting but some people may be more purist about it so it's cool that he left that as an on and off option so it's kind of a fun yeah. thing to do maybe in deathmatch or for a game but i was looking at things like that and it, it just astounds me that he just keeps on thinking of all these other cool additions i mean i could really see this growing with newer versions even five mm -hmm. years from now with other mechanics ways going but either way i'm excited i I mean, what did you guys really think about it so far? Wasn't there like a rumor that they were going to add ragdoll physics too to some of the freaking like the Gibbs and all the enemies? Like, oh, that's they right. You used you're, you're to right. be able to back in the day. You used to be able to like keep shooting at the enemy when they um, died, but that was causing too many glitches. So he's working on it, but. I read something about ragdoll physics. So yeah, like, no, you brought up a good point. That's right. It's like when you hit them, they're actually rolling now. Like, and yeah. it's actually pretty cool because uh, the thing that I think that I mean, what, I'm always comparing to original Doom, which is pretty pretty unfair to it. But uh, I, it always kind of bothered me. It's like, man, you kill you kill this room, and all the corpses look the same, no matter what angle you're at. I think it's so cool and brutal Doom that oh, I hit this guy so hard from the side, he rolled and he splattered, and he's at that side. Or like you hit him in a corner, and then I'm <laughs> sure you've seen it where like an imp or a shotgun guy, his head's like dipping down, like it was just blasted in the chest, and he's nailed yep. up against the wall. I mean, those added physics and those animations that he had to have created yeah, are just did. phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's he's like so pro. Yeah, you know, um, it's yeah. He's he's basically like up there with other developers. I mean, definitely. So I don't know, even know what he does. He probably does something like that. You know, that just transfers right. to a hobby kind of thing. Isn't um, he from like South American country? Or yeah, something? he's like from Brazil? Brazil. I think Brazil. I think yeah. he's from Brazil. Yeah, people are saying he's done some like questionable things. I have no idea whether that's like online or like 
physically uh, something. I don't know, but I haven't heard anything about that. All I know is he pro game programs a damn good Doom. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really <laughs> matter to me. Like he's he's he could be doing it for his own sick. You know, like fantasies or something, but guess what? We're we're just making a bank on it. Yeah. And the thing is, there's so many reviews online. I've, I just I've had it queued up at work, and whenever I have a second, I'll just read some more. And there's just all like nines and tens. It, it, it I always love to read the ones that are like one or two, and just uh, I didn't ever know those would exist. Those are usually oh, the holy crazy. roller ones that are like this person's a sadist. This is oh holy roller. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you either have that, or you have the uh, the Doom purists that don't want to play anything but normal Doom. They don't mm-hmm. like the changes uh, of physics. They don't like the changes of the controls. They don't like additions to their normal Doom. They want vanilla ice cream. It's funny that you said Holy Rollers, because that reminds me when I was playing as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I remember uh, I went to private school as a kid, and... Um, I, I had an argument with the nun about it because they, I had a, I had to do a book report and you know the Doom book. I did a book report on that. Oh, I argued it and I got that book report through and the nun was so pissed and I just kept arguing with her and she just like you know this looks demonic and that and I said my whole argument that she let me fly is I'm like no this guy is killing the spawn in hell I'm not <laughs> supporting it I'm out trying to kill it aren't we out against Satan he's against Satan it passes. And yeah. she let it fly. <laughs> That's great. Naughty. It's, Naughty. it's so funny because first it, it software had Wolfenstein 3D and it had yeah. all the, like the Nazi stuff. That's killing and, humans. And well, it, the whole Nazi stuff was a huge big deal too. And they're like, id yeah. software's a bunch of like neo-Nazis, where are you? And then they're a bunch of Satanists <laughs> from Doom. So it's like, what are we? I guess we're just everything. And I, I think, think they're a bunch of capitalists, personally. <laughs> I, I think uh, they're geniuses because those yeah. are things that are like, like as as a kid, it's just a game doesn't have that. You play Mario, it doesn't have swastikas in it. There's no pentagrams in it. You know, it's like, whoa, like what is? Maybe in the Japanese version, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> which is very true because in a lot of Japanese games they include that like religious stuff because they don't see it that way. Yeah, you know. Because that's not their religion for the most part. I think they're mostly Buddhists, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, um, I think that's what brought attention to the game. And that's that whole thing where bad publicity is great publicity. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you know, know what blows my mind is Doom got such a bad rap. But, in my opinion, wouldn't Duke Nukem be pushing the envelope worse by incorporating all those uh, sexual content scenes? And I don't remember that getting much flack. Yeah, I think it's more where you have, like, the, the Jewish community is very sensitive to, like, anything Nazi and anything, uh, like, even in school, I remember people, like, crying when we were, like, reading about the Holocaust, and it's just very don't-go-there type stuff, and then no, you that's have, understandable. And then you have a lot of church people with that are very sensitive to, like, pentagrams and upside-down crosses and... You know, and that's that's where again, like sometimes you don't go there. It's like heavy metal in the eighties. You had people burning um like the Iron Maiden uh number of the beast album, like piles and piles and it's funny because they asked Iron Maiden, like, what do you think? They're like, they bought all those albums. <laughs> we don't care, go ahead. Yep. Give us money, like fill our pockets. Like, okay, great. And then all the people watching on the news now know about Iron Maiden. Perfect. I can't think of a better commercial for my band. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but those things are like sensitive subjects to certain people, and those people get very, very pissed off, and those are the ones that bubble to the surface, you know. 
So I think that's why instead of with Duke Nukem, you have like TNA, which is kind of like even like par for the course now because it's just it's not. And you're like, killing aliens, so no ET wasn't storming the newsstands. It's not bringing up like a bad memory, and it's not like infringing on a holy belief. That's like, a good way to put it. Those are like two like just kind of crossroads that you know <laughs> you got to take if you have balls. Like yeah, you know, so I, balls yeah. of steel. And that's what they did. They're like, fuck it. Let's do this. Let's (laughs) let's put pentagrams everywhere. (laughs) And they did. And there there we go, you know. It's but you you're right. You you are killing the demons. I mean that's the point of the game. So really it's almost like you you are doing good, which is fantastic that you actually use that for your excuse. What did she give you as a grade? Um I it it was kind of a thing, um they (laughs) <laughs> they had a requirement that you had to do so many book reports as part of like this reading program. So it was a pass or fail, and I got a pass on it just because you had to have so many book reports a month done. And I used that as one of them. I'm like, yep, I'm using Doom then. It was one of the best books I enjoyed there as a kid. So <laughs> any reason to just use that demonic-looking cover, and people are looking at me like I'm walking around with like a Satan's Necronomicon yeah. or something <laughs> in the school, and all my friends are like, you're insane, you better get that out of here. I said, I'm doing a book report on this. <laughs> it's not like yeah. I went up there with like the other kid had mine comf. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> There's That's always crazy. people yeah, just trying to push like... the buttons. <laughs> I, I went it. to a crazy private school that just like to drive everybody crazy. It's <laughs> very fitting with the whole like Wolfenstein thing. Yeah, talking about. <laughs> yep. I was so more you... of a Doom fan. <laughs> so you had the Doom Gurus one you're talking about, right? With the Blue Demon. I I also had that book, but no, I'm so talking about the, one, the book. The no, one. the book that I had was the. It's the actual novel they wrote. They wrote this oh, paperback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's with what I'm talking Flynn, about. Flynn Taggart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, That's the, what I do. The first two are pretty good. After that, it gets weird and like it starts to go into stuff that the game didn't have. But the first one is, if you're going to read any of them, read the very first novel. That's the only one I read. <laughs> it almost goes through... Level by level, you can, like, if you've done the levels, you can mm-hmm. see it, like, in your head. And that's what's really cool, because that's what I wanted. And then when I read part two, it's, like, half of that and half of kind of just the drama of it all. And it, it doesn't kind of, it doesn't hold to me as well, because there's not, like, he's not talking about the levels going through them. So that, I thought that was great. So, yeah, get the very first one, if anyone's listening, like, who's who's a Doom freak? Yeah, who has to have everything Doom? Read the first book, that's what I would say. So you're saying by the end of the series, then it started to turn into, like, a grocery store romance novel that you don't want to read these books anymore, or what? Actually, by the end of the <laughs> series, it was, like, way off. I mean, they had different, they were, like, introducing new creatures that they were making up, and it, it like, branched way out. Oh. From it was basically from, Doom Three by that point. That's, yeah, like the the author just took creative liberties to a point where he detached me from like what I like about Doom. It's not even Doom anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they there's like a mancubus on the cover, and they talk about the mancubus like very little. I mean, it's almost like where's the part that like I, I wanted to read? Like, where's the part that the reason I bought this book was so I could read about you know studying like all the demons well but it's nothing like that and i think because they didn't have a game to work off of too that they just decided you know we're just gonna make our own little thing i didn't even get the fourth one there's an arch vial on the front um 
And I was looking, I was trying to get the fourth one a while ago, but it's in a new edition. So if you have the very first release, it's worth a decent amount of any of the four. Because really? now if you buy it, you're going to get this re-released version that's only worth like five or six bucks. But if you have the original release, the, the first version that was released, I guess you'd call it, it's it's like harder to get. You probably have to go like eBay or something to get it. Or Amazon, maybe. But the thing is with Amazon, you'd have to find that that certain post where the guy really goes into it. Most people are like, mint condition. So you wouldn't know like what you're going to get. You'd probably get the new one. No. Yeah, so I would definitely hold on to those. Um, it's funny, too, because the Super Nintendo plastic cases, those case protectors, those are really good for those those books. If you're going to, like, display it or something. Oh, stand them up? Yeah, you can put them in, like, an SNES um, box protector, and, you know, so that the pages won't, like, yellow and shit. Really? That's cool. And it fits really good, yeah. So that's actually what I do for my for one and two. I know how to decorate the house now. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Bob Velo. All, <laughs> all you need is fucking Doom, dude. There you go. <laughs> it's, that's great that um, Doom picture, though, in your basement. Like, Candace, like... Oh, she's terrified of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that was a great picture. Like, that's one of the greatest covers I've ever seen, too. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely uh, captures your eye. And the picture we're talking about is basically the ultimate Doom, the front of the book. Or the front of the actual PC box is what I meant, and it's also the front of the book. So, and all the, all the other like Super Nintendo and 32x. Yeah, I know for pretty sure. much the most iconic picture when you say Doom. That's what should be pictured in your head, really. It was weird though because he's firing like a laser, but it doesn't look like a plasma. It looks like a railgun. Yeah, and there's a guy on the ground like a demon with a like a gun type arm, but it doesn't look like a cyber demon. So it's almost like the artist took liberties, too, and kind of did things that... There's, like, a guy, like, running behind him, like, reaching out. Well, more than likely, I bet it was drawn before the game was even made, and they might have had limitations in the game that they couldn't have made it as accurate to their ideal drawing, but they didn't want to mess with the drawing because it's so badass. They actually had that same problem with uh, the Ultima Online... um, series they had an original like poster of all the monsters and stuff that hangs somewhere i don't know where now but they talk about it online and they drew a whole bunch of monsters in that series and they're completely different on there than what's actually in the game for whatever reason they had to re-release <laughs> it to be something else because uh oh it didn't match at all it was pretty crazy how they did that but oh. it, it's just another example i mean when you're comparing that. I always like the picture and I'd always tease because I'm so aggressive in Doom. I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy shooting right here and then there's the other guy that I'm co oping with running up to catch up with me. Help me, got it. Help. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, no. I, I got it. I'm, I'm going to be right in the fray because that's, yeah. that's what I love about Doom. You can really just dive in and have a blast. I mean, nowadays, so many games I feel are more stealth-based than they are... I don't know, action. It yeah. feels like, oh, I need to sneak around and shoot somebody. I don't want to do that shit. No, I'm playing a game. No. A game, I'm sorry, to me is a fantasy. I don't want realism. If I want realism, I'll go outside of my house and live life. I want just fantasy action, just run in there. Kind of going where we were talking about, remember you said the GTA with the simulators? Yeah, like yeah. Like simulator game? No thanks. Give me the arcade action. If I, Kevin why the hell do I want to simulate a car? motorized bicycle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't 
need no simulation. I'm just going to hop in my damn car and drive somewhere. I, I just never understood it. I mean, simulation's great for training purposes and stuff like that. It just blows my mind that simulation is popular enough to market that people want to, like, buy it and enjoy it. I mean, for me, what, what's, a, what's video games for you guys? I think, I think fantasy fun is why I'm getting a video game, because you want to do something that you couldn't normally do in real life is my goal. What are you guys' take on that? Well, I would say Censure Hot off the the GTA one. A good example would be the one that like really hits home is like Vice City because the the fantasy is like being Scarface slash you know like a Ray Liotta type character that he played in like Goodfellas or something to where you know you go on like crime sprees and so you have to have the freedom for me to be for the simulation to be worth its salt because if it's like real life then you can't break any laws so what's the fun in that Mm-hmm. So that's where the fantasy comes in, where you do anything you want. Anything. Breaking the law. <laughs> that's what I would think would be the most um, controversial type of game, where, like a Postal Two, which is another oh. first-person shooter. Like you can, it's you like kill people like that are like in a little town. So it's like you're like a serial killer in a way with like GTA. You know, you're like a, a the biggest serial killer ever. Like, yeah. you know. So it's like a holocaust by the time the game's over. So uh, that's the fantasy, I guess. Um, and the fact that it's not real, it's just like in Doom. You're The way that Doom works is that you're not killing like humans, and the humans you do kill are zombies. But um, there's an impact to like being able to kill anything you want like in a real-world setting. It's like... It's it's kind of wild to me. It's so... It's like... It's like, live, it's like playing a movie... So that's what GTA like is. You're like a character in a movie, but it's your own movie. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You control the movie and the plot and how the ending's gonna turn out. That's a great way to put it. So that's that's where I would say is cool about simulation games. But if they don't give you that liberty, then I'm not probably gonna be too interested in it because then it will be like real life, and I can't do much. You know? Why? I mean, I wouldn't want to, but I'm just saying. That's the other thing. You you can and don't feel bad about it because it's just fun. It, it's not a real person that you're killing in the game, so who cares? So that's my stance on that. What's Jeff's stance? Oh, I'm just here for the beer and the bitches, man. I don't know what you guys are. <laughs> so, so he <laughs> plays Duke Nukem reasons. all the time. Two great reasons. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Fantastic <laughs> Yeah, why wouldn't you be playing a game that you can do something that you can't normally do in real life? I mean, I don't get the whole farming simulator style thing. Like, I'm going to go work on the farm all day and then sit on my my video game system and play farming simulator all night. Like, it has to be, like Kyle said, like, over-the-top insanity. Um, pushes the envelope. Um, I mean, shit, I'd like to play the 8-bit style games like Contra and Double Dragon and certain ones, and I enjoy a good story behind my game, too, but an imaginative one. Yeah. So it, I don't have to have everything fucking spelled out in front of me, you know what I mean? But I enjoy, <laughs> like, with Contra and, like, Double Dragon 2, like I just mentioned, like, there's a story there, but it's pretty vague. It's like... Contrary to two guys going and killing some fucking aliens, well, it gives you enough to where you can like come up with your own your own lore for it because of the ambiance, you know, like later on the aliens and all that craziness. Like you can definitely come up with your own type of uh, story. It's pretty freaking cool. 
Uh, but yeah, that's my thing. Like, I mean, I like Legend of Zelda. That's freaking can't get more fantasy than that. Oh God, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah, and, but the thing with Zelda though is that like it seems like every game they they do a little bit, you know, they do something a little bit different with each one. So there's fans of each game pretty much. I mean, my major yeah. one that I really like is Link to the Past. Um, and that new one, Link Between Worlds, really did, you know, use that same world, so it, that one struck a nice little chord with me. But, um, a lot of the older ones I, I really liked. Um, I even liked, you know, Zelda 2, even though not necessarily my favorite game in the series. Didn't even crack my top 10, but I, I still enjoyed it. Um, and that's the thing, like, when I post, like, a top 10 for games and shit, like, I, there's still games out of that top 10 that I enjoy just not my necessarily favorite um but yeah like that's jumping into something like fantasy awesome um i enjoy grand theft Auto just as much as the next person it's great uh, vice city's still my favorite um i i would I, I don't know if we mentioned it before or we were just talking like you know off cuff but um they need to do a, a vice city a downloadable content for gta 5 like i don't know why Ooh, that hasn't that's happened a good yet. idea we were talking awesome. about um, they should do like a like a Redux, but with better graphics. But that would be cool too. You know, like a skins yeah. would be Vice City style. Yeah, no, they just do they just do a DLC because um, right now you're in what California, so they do a DLC of Miami, like Vi- Vice City, and you get freaking Versetti. like done. <laughs> like yeah. they, they could just they give you a new character, Tommy Versetti, and and you can go to Vice City like in a plane or something. You can just hop in an actual plane and go to it. And that'd be pretty fucking cool. And it's own it's its own little world there. And then you could bring you know tre- crazy ass Trevor into Vice City and let him wreak havoc. <laughs> that that's the one thing that I really liked about GTA Five was the three different personalities. So it could like you know there's something for everyone. You got your your gangster type of guy like um, Ray Liotta with um, Mike, and then you have your um, thug gangster guy. Um, and then you have crazy ass Trevor, which is like the one that everybody likes because he does the the stuff that's completely out of bounds and out of limits. Like he, <laughs> he's he's a fucking nut. Every time they cut to him, he's doing something else differently. Like I think I think my wife my wife said like it cut to Trevor once. He was naked in the mountains, running from like a grizzly bear. And he like fell off <laughs> to the mountain or something, yeah, and then she I got cut to him once. Him. He was in the mountains with a tutu on. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, the it one that crazy. I saw like was the first time that I had seen tits in the game because two chicks topless uh, came running out this this the strip bar, and I was like, "Whoa, they have actually, they actually have tits in this!" Like, holy shit! And then Trevor comes out like in his whitey tighties, like <laughs> and it's like chasing him out, like holy shit, this is great. Yeah, I think initially though it was supposed to be like a Latino type character, but for some reason he ended up because they wanted to get all the demographics of like you know America pretty much. Yeah, but um, I think guess they ended up going with the crazy motherfucker, which is always a good choice. Definitely. <laughs> but that's the thing though is it's like it's it's pretty um pretty fun, and I mean that's another reason why you know going full circle back over to Doom why we dig that game so much is because the gore is so over the top now, especially with Brutal Doom. It's like 20 times the fucking gore of the normal one. 
and it's just you know you get to go and it's not only the ambiance of fighting the demons but it's like every aspect of that game is done properly like everything you're fighting the you know the impact of when you shoot at it enemy is like done perfectly like everything was like almost like analyzed to the t when they made that game and brutal just accentuates that even more it's more of a good thing is what i like to call it and just how fast you how fast you can go is just such a rush for me and it's like blasting on the fly too yeah it's shit oh man it's yeah that was I actually need that speed that was actually something that i um noticed with um I popped in, and I don't know if Kevin has played it yet, but Wolfenstein The New Order. And um, that game is very slow-paced. Um, and by the time I actually got to the first-person shooter part, it was like, it just didn't feel normal to me yet. So, and it was like the whole Xbox One thing where when you put in the game, you have to wait forever for it to install. So it's like... Yeah. I, was, I was already like kind of like, alright, I'm kind of already done with it. And then you have to... F- like go fix a fuel line and do a turret gun and then swim and then oh like, that's right that's my right. god I, dude yeah it's i like, beat that one i hated that tutorial part that was too long for me yeah and I then agree. you finally get the gun and now now it's like it's like so like all right go over here take cover shoot a guy and then go over here take cover shoot yeah. a guy like like there's no like you were saying just plow your way through and destroy everything there ain't no doom where they just throw you in there. Here's Fuck the training gun. wheels, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. training wheels. Yeah. Um. Now, have you guys? Uh, I know you both played Doom Three. Did you ever yeah. play just Resurrection of Evil by itself? Like, because I I played it by itself on the Xbox before I had Doom Three. I just played Resurrection of Evil, and it actually just drops you in hell like Doom did. There was no fucking yeah, tutorials, that- nothing. It's a little bit more straightforward on that one. I, yeah. I beat it on that that BFG edition, I believe. Wasn't it part of that? Or am I thinking incorrectly? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's that. on there. It's, I'm pretty sure that was yeah. on there. Okay, yeah. then yeah, I, I definitely did it on the 360 one. Uh, surprisingly, I just did um, I did Doom 3 on the computer back then when it came out. Uh-huh. I, I actually had the computer that could handle it, so I didn't do it on the original Xbox. So the next time I actually played and revisited it was on the bfg edition just because i wanted to see how it felt with an xbox controller over a keyboard and mouse which it wasn't bad but it's not ideal not obviously yeah but I, I mean like with my experience like i didn't play the original doom 3 and i just remember kyle's talking about the damn beginning little tutorial crap and uh, we gotta walk <laughs> so, around the space station and yeah. bs yeah. jumping in though to resurrection of evil to me, felt like jumping into Doom Two or jumping into Doom One. Like it's just you go to hell, you go to hell and fight fucking demons. And that I think was a cool. problem with Doom Three, the yeah. original one. They actually asked John Romero what he thought of Doom Three, and he said basically the same thing. He said it was too predictable. First off, uh-huh. yep. he's way too predictable, and he said um, by the time I got to hell, I was already like beyond bored. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. With, I can relate with Mr. Romero, and he never finished it, and that's exactly where I stopped it too. Yeah, and right when you get to hell, there's like a hell knight, a huge yeah. ass hell knight, or a baron, or I don't know what you want to like. Probably, I think it was a hell knight. And he's coming down this hall, and it's one of the first things that you encounter in hell, and like that was the last thing I ever like remember playing. Nah, I was too hell bent. I had, I paid for that damn game. I'm beating it. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, I got off into some other trip. I think Jedi Outcast, which 
Oh, to me, yeah, to me like one. was um, like way funner. Yeah, that was a cool game. Yeah, but uh, that's what's funny. So from the mouth of one of the main creators of Doom One and Two, he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's craziness. Be- well, because they don't drop you right in. It's, yeah, it's like it's half slow. the fun of the game is figuring it out. In my opinion, I don't yeah. want somebody babe- spoon feed me the whole damn way for an hour before I can play a game. <laughs> And if you want to have that, because I understand there's new gamers and other people out there, then have an option to skip that shit. Could yeah. you skip it in Wolfenstein, Jeff? Because I couldn't find an option to. I didn't even think to look <laughs> for an option for it. Yeah. I always look, and they usually don't allow it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yes. there was there was like a spot in Wolf the new Wolfenstein where it was like, oh, follow me, and they jump out of the airplane to the other one, and I, like I jumped and kept falling because I didn't. Because you have to like apparently hold down the control stick to run and then you gotta jump and like if you don't you just hit the airplane wing and go flying off into the air and it took like 20 or 30 seconds each time to reload too like so the reload time there wasn't like a respawn so i'm sitting there waiting i'm like all right i just fell yep waiting waiting wait and 30 seconds is a pretty long time when you're waiting for the game just to let me try to jump again and so, like, that was annoying as shit, because it wasn't like... Like, they're trying to make you do a tutorial and learn the controls, and then they don't explain it correctly when they're making it mandatory. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that was... It was just like... So by the time I actually got to the first person part, I already went through, like, all the annoyances, and I'm like, eh, I'm kind of done for the night. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably jump back to it, and I, hopefully it's just first person from the rest of the game. I hope so. Now, Kevin, uh, didn't they release yeah. Kevin um a downloadable content for Wolfenstein that's like retro style neon eighties? I I heard about it or saw it somewhere quickly, like but I, I never got the it. The old something instead of the new the new order or whatever it is, it's the old something. Yeah, it's not it's not clicking in my head, but I think I know what you're talking about. Because uh, GameSack talked about it. And they said it was pretty cool. Yeah, I know it's cool how they did that, but I by that time I already beat the gamer was not interested in revisiting it again, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that one's done, it's on the shelf, I ain't going back. I'm just worried about Doom 4. Yeah, I'm, I doubt it'll be good at all. I don't know, I'm crossing um, my fingers, staying optimistic. Hopefully they'll just be like, we, we hired Sergeant Mark 4 from Brutal Doom and he helped us guide how Doom 4 is going to be. <laughs> I hope that they console Romero, Jesus. Yeah, that too. Like they don't have to make him do anything; just pay him some money to look at it, give it his opinion. Yeah, that was the problem at the beginning because I think he was too opinionated sometimes, and that's where the tension came in. Yeah, and uh, that's the kind of the whole story why they put his head on a stake behind the boss. John Romero wasn't supposed to see that, but he ended up seeing it, like because he was clipping, because he was trying to figure out a sound effect for the boss. And he couldn't hear because of the racket of all the monsters that were getting spawned in that last level, the Icon of Sin in Doom 2. So he like clipped through it and he found his head. So that's when he was like, I'm I'm gonna put when you when the boss sees you, he'll he'll say something like each person has like a call sound when they like wake up, so to speak, each demon. So he's like, I'll I'll have it say something and then he put it like in reverse and it was like a message. Uh, to win the game you have to kill me, John Romero, and then um, that was his way of telling them, like, I found it. But th- I, from what I heard, they kind of had a tense relationship, and I think that's why he left after Quake. 
he was done with id pretty much well, I mean, you, he had an intense relationship because the guy had a passion. And when you have a passion for something, I don't care if the guy's difficult as hell to work with because he's going to crank out great products. Just deal with it. I don't understand why people just don't, you know, work work with people when it gets to be that way. Don't let them leave. Yeah, he's like, when people get creative, like, tensions build because it's kind of like being in a band. Cause, I guess. Because each person wants to do a type of thing. And then when one person wants to do something that someone else doesn't think is a good idea, and they tell them, they're, like, butthurt by it. Oh, boy, not the butthurt. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's where those tensions come in. Craziness. Yeah, so it's just tough because people are all different, and they all see things differently. So when one person has a vision, someone else's is, like, maybe similar, but it's slightly different. So, yeah, he's he's been making money, though. He's He's definitely doing good he's probably doing one of the best in the industry but uh i don't i have a feeling doom 4 i'm not gonna say like it's a, gonna be a bad game i'm just gonna say it's not gonna be a game that i would probably play through <laughs> we all will see at e3 i hope it's probably gonna be a story driven no way it's like uh it's like carmack said you know a story in a video game's like a story in a po- porno it's expected but it's not needed so why was Doom Three? Doom Three was story driven. Because so apparently, I don't yeah. know who, who who commanded all that ship. So you're gonna have to ask them. I know Mister Romero was... didn't. No hell no, he was gone long <laughs> before that. Doom Three came out two generations ago. Um, nowadays, it seems like they're trying to really hit nostalgia hard. <laughs> so I think uh-huh. they're gonna try to harken back as much as possible. It's kind of like how horror movies right now they they're trying to harken back to. Um, even though I think now we're actually getting past that, even in horror movies. But um, but like yeah, with video games though, it seems like they're really trying to you know pull the nostalgia strings. And if they are with Doom, then maybe they won't fuck it up. Maybe, and that's my only shred of hope. <laughs> like I'm trying to <laughs> trying to stay optimistic, man. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to. I, I like Kevin's thing though. They should hire the the brutal Doom guy and just get it over with. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> put, put an HD skin over this. Done. And it's kind of funny that you uh, brought that up because you reminded me. I was uh, clicking through some videos on YouTube and somebody uh, had a wad for Doom 3 where they recreated Knee Deep in the Dead. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, I was go- and I was going through and I, I was watching the guy play, play the first level and I'm like, man, it, 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 it blatantly shows... The mechanics of the game is broken. If you, I don't know if you got to see it at all, Kyle. No, I'm sure Jeff saw what I'm that talking sounds about. Sounds really interesting. It looked, though. it looks uh-huh. slow and clunky because the game was not built for action. It was built for like that Resident Evil North stealth crap. crap. theater so, stuff. Yeah. So you're in these big open rooms, and then they put shotgun guys where shotgun guys were in original Doom, and it's like. Ugh, you're like sitting there hitting them a million times. They're not dying in one blast like normal Doom would, and mm-hmm. it just yep. it just does not look like fun. I mean, was that the same impression <laughs> you were getting when you saw it, Jeff? Oh, absolutely! Like it's a different fucking game, and the the irony is is when you take that game and put the original into it, and it doesn't play like that. That should that that's a fucking glaring issue. Like, yep. if you're making Absolutely. Doom 3 and it doesn't play like a <laughs> yep. Doom, what the fuck? And so with yeah. Doom 4, they better fucking at least get the feel right. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and the only thing is, though, do you think they're going to try to jump to online with this bullshit? I mean, they almost yeah. have to nowadays. 
Yeah, yeah nowadays it's kind of like required. It just seems that way. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, they'll have oh, death no, matches. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta realize, like current gamers, um, kids that are sitting in high school like we were when we were playing games, they play online. That's what they do. Um, yep. I mean, my, my nephew, um, Nate, he just, he's like a level eighty, I think, on Grand Theft Auto, and he doesn't do shit but just run around and like just beat up people and go to the strip club and. Like, he doesn't try to level up. He, I mean, he's already beaten the game twice over in both different games. He's been playing since they, Grand Theft Auto V first came out, and he should be at level, you know, two, three, four hundred if he was actually doing missions and stuff. But he'd rather just run around and play online with people and have fun. And so, like, the online aspect, though, like, for most kids, they just want to play online. Um, so I, I really do think that they're going to um, add that aspect. I hope it's more than just deathmatch, and they hit the co-op aspects because I mean that's what we've been you know enjoying about Brutal Doom is co-op. Yeah, give us an invasion mode, right, Kyle? That's oh, yeah. about right. Bring him on. I mean that's what Andrew's been playing on freaking Grand Theft Auto is invasion mode basically, just tons and tons of enemies coming after you. That's what makes you really good, too, because you learn how to survive in, like, a huge yeah. chaotic environment. Awesome. And then when you see, like, one one Baron, it's funny because you just fought, like, 200. At the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it puts the things in perspective, too. question is, how many Cyber Demons can they throw at us at once? Most I've seen is two. I was playing the first um, invasion <laughs> level for a little bit. Yeah. And it was either the first or the second, and... It, I there was like four or five spider masterminds that had spawned. Nice. I was like, oh my god! What was the new? What was that new enemy that we saw in Skype Two? We saw the flying fucking red Hell Knight. Or yeah, in Skype Two, it's god. like a sign. It's it's like a flying uh, Baron slash yeah Baron Hell Knight, whatever you want to call it. Um, red. But it's like that that like Baphomet type ripped muscle dude, and he's like he's flying in the air though. Oh god. That was a bastard. That's awesome as fuck. Yeah. There needs to be more like airborne guys cuz it's just cool as hell. Yeah, like brand new enemies and some of these doom mods that we've been playing and like certain ones just get really creative and like with the Scythe 2 that we've been playing, there's five levels at a time and like some of the five level blocks have been amazing. Other ones have been you know, okay, and I think it's because they've tried to do the um, episodic format that is kind of like hit or miss. It's almost like it needs to be more difficult as you keep progressing instead of going back to like, you know, point blank and with nothing. I like what Doom Two does. It gives you yeah. basically the I would say the first three levels, four four levels. No, the first three levels. Once you hit the the uh, waste tunnels, it's it gets over. pretty intense. Yep. Yeah, so from from there to the end of the game for the next 27 levels or whatever, it's just complete standard mayhem. Which is awesome. Yeah. The way like, we like it. Yeah, like they, they don't try to be fancy with it. That's the thing. Scythe 2, they tried a little too hard to get like snazzy with the storyline. and Absolutely. So there's like an Egyptian little hub that's like four or five levels or, or whatever, but... Nah, um, that's like yeah. trying, to, trying to eat McDonald's in a fancy restaurant. You just don't do that. And here's the problem. At the beginning of each of the little hubs, 
that first level was like a small and easy because it, it it kind of had the property of the first level of anything should be like small and easy. Yep. Instead of which what Jeff was saying, instead of like just saying fuck it, it's just to me to me any kind of mod uh, like level mod type thing should you already played through Doom two like that? Sh- this should be assumed. Yeah. Because why am I looking for anything else if I didn't beat the game to begin with? Like, obviously, I'm a like a freaking crazy maniac about it. Mm-hmm. So they should just accept that they should all be like master levels to me. Because yeah. the assumption is we're, we're all doom freaks. That's why we're looking for more levels to play. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, just kind of want to just want a little more of a challenge out of it. I mean, it's still great, still an awesome little mod. It's just just want a little more. Um, but yeah. the thing is, though, either way, the fact that they threw in a new enemy just shows the level of greatness that they can achieve in the game. And hopefully, I think we got a little bit more to go. Like, hopefully it gets a little bit better from there. I can only hope. The Armageddon invasion is crazy. They have, like, the the they have like the pigs from Duke 3D. They have the Octobrains from Duke 3D. Nice. They have, like, stuff from other games. So it's it's basically like a celebration of all the DOS sprite like first person shooters. There's stuff that I like, I don't even know. Like there's I saw like a gray marble looking cacodemon. Nice. Got like King's Quest characters in there. <laughs> Might as well right? fight Mananan. <laughs> Have Mananan in there and shoot him up. That almost be like heretic, like with the sparrow, <laughs> yeah. like the guy in the cloak. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> Mananan. Uh, Light him up. That's why we totally need to play Invasion at, like right now. There yep. you go. No we should, we should wrap that. her up. Yep. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. So we also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later. <sighs>